The 2016 election had a theme, the death of the American dream. Whether it was super conservative Donald Trump promising to make America great again, or super liberal Martin O'Malley promising to rebuild the American dream, both sides could agree on two things. Something was profoundly broken, and it was time to pick a side to fix it. This feeling was not absent on the Broadway stage of that year. While 2015 had been taken by storm with Hamilton, a patriotic, nationalistic celebration of Americana so enamored with the country it slotted America proudly into its tagline, 2016's Tony winner featured a very different kind of story. Dear Van Hansen never delves into the foundational political issues of the United States as such, but its backdrop paints a very dreary picture of modern American life, one of broken families and financial struggles and crushing anxieties in the face of American life itself. As a uniquely American form, Broadway musicals have often critically examined the United States, with shows like Chicago, Ragtime, and Parade taking quite a negative tone in doing so. But few musicals have questioned America, the American dream, and the decline of both so forcefully and fundamentally as a 1990 musical about the people who've tried, and sometimes even succeeded, to kill the president. This is Take a Left, a series about the intersection of musical theater and politics, and today we're talking about assassins and the American dream. Assassins is a 1990 quasi-historical musical by John Wideman and Stephen Sondheim, who had previously collaborated with each other on 1975's Pacific Overtures. Sondheim describes it as a book musical masquerading as a review, featuring nine of the 13 assassins who have attempted to kill the President of the United States. Essentially plotless, throughout the one act, the audience is brought into the perspectives of these potential and actual assassins, from John Wilkes Booth to Lee Harvey Oswald, and a striking theme emerges. What if the American dream is a lie? What if not everyone can become rich, or president, or even happy? What if we've all been lied to? Which leaves the matter doubtful. What really is the American dream? Assassins relates the idea of the American dream strongly with the idea of prizes, beginning with the original production setting the action at a fairground shooting gallery, complete with a shelf of prizes, along with patriotic imagery such as American eagles and dusty presidential seals. The show's opening musical motif is, appropriately, held to the chief, while in its opening lines the proprietor of the shooting gallery asks, Don't know what to do, hey pal, I mean you, come here and kill a president. The link is made even clearer with, If you can shoot a president, you can get the prize. Shoot the prez, win a prize, being the first image of the original production of Assassins. The proprietor is a twisted take on the typical American belief. If you keep your goal in sight, you can climb to any height. Assassins makes it pretty clear that what is meant by the American dream is actually the concept of meritocracy. The idea of America as the land of opportunity, as assassin Charles Coteau deliriously yells. Except assassins, as well as the vast majority of its characters, do not accept the meritocracy myth. Nor should they. Studies show that social mobility is actually lower in the United States than some European countries, and when Assassins was being written, social mobility was in sharp decline, a decline that is continuing. Simply put, because of the importance of wealth as a driver for education and opportunity, combined with the way in which wealth is amassed generationally, it is impossible for a country to be both capitalist and meritocratic, even though it is often the most capitalist countries, such as America, that declare themselves the most meritocratic. But that doesn't stop Assassin's Balladeer, a sort of narrator, from talking of mailmen winning the lottery and usherettes becoming rock stars. The minor exceptions to the rule that are always pointed out is contradictory evidence to the hard fact that the American dream of social mobility and hard work paying off is a distant memory. 
It's this realization that not everyone can become wealthy or happy or president that causes the assassins of assassins to decide to kill the very symbol of that broken dream, the president himself. A societal instinct after an act such as an assassination is to write the perpetrator off as a crazed lone wolf, a glitch in the matrix, but assassins takes a distinctly more leftist approach, viewing the assassins not as insane, irrational mutations of a normal functioning society, but as the entirely rational product of a broken political culture. The assassins do not have no reason for killing the president, in fact they have very specific reasoning. Each assassin, from Lincoln-hating Booth to stomach-hurting Zangara, is able to articulate their thought process, whether it makes sense to the audience or not. One of assassins' great triumphs is its ability to elevate the thought process of the assassins to the point that the audience has to rethink their own understanding of history. Was Lincoln actually the great president we all respect across party lines, or was he the ruthless tyrant who provoked a war that caused the deaths of some 600,000 and silenced his critics in the north by hurling them into prison without benefit of charge or trial? Whether political or not, each assassin has a motivation, and each assassin is heard. Fully. The assassins are presented not as the ruiners of the great American dream, but as its victims, those of the many left behind by its failures. Maybe the real American dream offers assassins is the one that flows all the way from the bloody revolution to the assassination of John F. Kennedy. You don't have to be born wealthy, white, male, straight, or even that smart or hardworking to pick up a gun and fire. Not everyone can become president, assassins concludes, but anyone can attempt to kill one and earn their place in history for doing so. Thus, it is the opportunity to kill the president that truly is the great equalizer, the place where we all have a chance. As the line goes, All you have to do is move your little finger, move your little finger, and you can change the world. Assassin's calls into question every element of the American myth not to prove them wrong as much as to make us re-examine them for ourselves. In Assassins, Lincoln isn't a unifier, he's a divider. Capitalism isn't the great equalizer, it's an oppressive, violent force that makes men risk their lives in factories for six pennies an hour. Democracy isn't power in the hands of the people, it's the illusion that replacing a Republican with a Democrat is going to meaningfully change the lives of those at the bottom. Importantly, Assassins isn't trying to convince anyone of anything, exactly. It's not attempting to convert you into an anarchist or turn you against the establishment, and it's definitely not trying to inspire you to kill the president. Assassins criticizes its subjects as forcefully as its subjects criticize the country. What Assassins wants is for us to look at America through different eyes. The eyes of the angry, the scared, the poor, the weary, the downtrodden. It wants us to see the land of opportunity through the eyes of those who found none. It wants us to question the stories we've been told. As the assassins themselves put it, Where's my price? And you forgot. What's my price? How quick it heals. Promises. That it's a place where you